This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Man, we had some good games to finish the Sunday slate. Dolphins, Cardinals, Cardinals should have gone for it, by the way. Cowboys, Steelers, Steelers should Steelers should have kicked a field goal. By the way, they shouldn't have gone for it. And Chargers, Raiders, uh, my football take: they should not have thrown a fade to Donald Parham. But Cardinal uh, Chargers losing a close game. Parham for the course. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Sunday night edition of Fantasy Football Today. Adam, Dave, and Heath here to break down everything from Sunday. Really looking forward to today's show. Good evening, guys. I'm going to give you my big takeaway from week nine, and I'll let you talk about it. Here we go. Ready? Yep. Put it on a license plate. I hate RBBC. It is hard enough to find good running backs that have all the touches. The RBBC is just not fair and it's very annoying. And what are we supposed to do about it? Isn't it though, actually the most fair, the, the idea that we're going to start off each game and whoever does the best gets the most, like it's, it's the, uh, it's the most American way way to distribute touches, right? If they did it like that, but it's more like we're going to start off the game and Deandre Swift's going to do the best, but we're still going to give Adrian Peterson all these touches. And even carry on Johnson's going to get in the game. Swift had quite a few today, didn't he? He did, but not enough. We had like 13 carries or something. Why did Adrian Peterson totaled over 90 yards, which for a lions running back is pretty rare. Hey, listen, man, he should get all the touch. He should get 80% of the touch. Of course he should, but the coaches are trying to do what they think is the smart thing. And are they? That's keeping their running backs healthy. Well, I'm sorry. All these coaches. You it, can't handle more of a workload? They don't know, and I don't know if they want to know. But yeah. most coaches, they don't want to have that feature back unless they are absolutely sure the person in question can handle it. Well, Dave, I would like to have more feature backs. That's all I'm saying. Um, we all would, but. The coaches are trying to ruin your fantasy experience. Well, the Chiefs are doing it to try and save their jobs. The Chiefs, not that Matt the Chiefs just is like going to be able to do that. Chiefs are just like not not running anymore. We're done. Just going to throw all the time. They have Patrick Mahomes. Like, yeah, from their perspective, um, also, it makes some sense. Like they're averaging like two and a half yards per carry the last three, two or three games. Why yeah. would they run? Yeah, <laughs> their guard play really hasn't been that great. So well, it's hard for them I, to, to move the ball that way. I don't know what strike. It's not not as bad as the Bears' situation currently is, but the Chiefs oh have had God, a lot of offensive line injuries and COVID mm-hmm. situations, and mm-hmm. their their offensive line play. I mean, it's it's amazing they score thirty points every week anyway, but their offensive line play hasn't been fa- fantastic. Yeah, Mahomes covers up a lot of stuff. Sure does, and we uh, we'll talk about Clyde Edwards Elair. Get your thoughts on that. Talk about the best and the worst from today's games. DJ Moore. Was uh, kind of a stinker. Curtis Samuel yeah. was great. Yeah. Uh, Christian yeah. McCaffrey was pretty good. That wasn't bad. But let's, uh, by the way, I hope you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. We have fun, uh, you know, and we smile and wave and I sh- wave my arms around like a lunatic. I all the time. roll my eyes at Adam. Regularly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you can't really tell when he's wearing glasses like he is. Oh, they're off. Never mind. They, yeah, know, I don't no. wear the glasses during the show. <laughs> okay. What's wrong with wearing glasses during the show, Heath? Well, they're not real glasses, and they reflect the um, camera, and it looks really, really bad. 
It does. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how Dave has pulled it <laughs> off so it doesn't do that because mine do the same thing. Okay. News and notes. News and notes. A couple things for next week. You might get you might get a bunch of players back. You might get Raheem Mostert. You might get Debo Samuel. You probably are getting Nick Chubb and Miles Sanders as well. So that's good. As far as today went, running back injuries, Justin Jackson left after three snaps. They're at Miami. Uh-uh. He left after one snap oh. and he played three snaps. After what? Okay. He tried to come back. Literally, the first play of the game was an RPO, and Herbert took off, and someone came along and nailed Jackson low. Yeah, well, I was pretty PO'd by that. Yeah, a lot of people were. Yeah, so I didn't see it. I was was doing the the home team watch party presented by Lowe's. We were watching the Cowboys-Steelers game, which was awesome. But uh, yeah, Justin Jackson didn't basically didn't play. And you've got to be pretty... Like, if you're Josh Kelly and you just got passed by Kalen Balazs, that's no good. Yeah, Balazs is bad. What'd you say? I think maybe Joshua Kelly's bad. He might be bad. Kalen Balazs did not look like Kalen Balazs. Like... You guys remember when you were in school and there was maybe somebody in school who was maybe the geek of the school and you're coming back from summer vacation and the geek of the school looks a lot different, like something changed with them over the summer. This is what's happened to Kalen Balash. He was the geek of fantasy football. Nobody wanted him. He was two yards per carry, probably because he was coached by Adam Gase. Uh, maybe a little bit more than that, but he goes to the Chargers and honest to God, he looked like a physical, tough, between-the-tackles running back, which the Chargers haven't had since Melvin Gordon was there. <laughs> he's all that. This is like, he's all that, you know? It's a sequel. He's all that. Kalen Balazs was all that for one game at least. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not... It's gonna That's going to be an interesting discussion on the waiver wire, I guess. Oh, he shouldn't be your top waiver claim. We don't know what's going on with Justin Jackson and whether or not it's a serious injury, but... I don't know. This uh, Anthony Lynn is another coach who clearly has a hard time making intelligent decisions because his team just can't win games. And he's been using multiple running backs. He continued to give Joshua Kelly work, even though Joshua Kelly wasn't very good again. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think Kalen Balaj was okay. He's worth a waiver pickup. He's not the waiver pickup. Mm-hmm. So we have Duke Johnson might be worth more of a waiver pickup as David Johnson left with a concussion. David Montgomery also left with an injury. Kyle Allen's going to be out for a while, and that could be, you know, from, sorry, from a fantasy standpoint, though, good news for J.D. McKissick because Alex Smith will not throw the ball more than five yards downfield. It could be good news for Antonio Gibson, too. There's a lot not of true. Offs. Not true. He threw it like 20 yards downfield to Terry McLaurin. Right. And then right. McLaurin somehow escaped three Giants defenders mm-hmm. and raced for a touchdown. Yes, that nice was... defense uh, you got there, Adam. Actually, Dave... It's really not that bad. I know, I know. But on that play, they were miserable. But let's accept it. I mean, it's not a good matchup for running backs anymore. What is it now? Six or seven games in a row. No running back is a 15-yard carry. both the running backs in this game score like 15 fantasy points? Well, Gibson had 27 yards and a touchdown. No, it's a great, you know, it's a great matchup in terms of uh, receiving yards. But they have a good run defense. I think, think I've been proven right on that. Okay. Preston Williams left in the second quarter with a foot injury. Um, Matthew sounds Stafford. like it's a foot sprain. Could be, could be extensive. Matthew Stafford evaluated for a concussion, and Mike Williams left on the second to last play. He nearly caught a game-winning touchdown. He left on the second to last play of the game. He's at Miami next week. Hopefully, he can get back. Noah Fant hurt his ankle early, but he returned. I don't know how hobbled he was. He did not have a great game uh, in the great matchup against Atlanta. 
Hmm. About 10 players in the Giants-Washington game had a chance to recover a fumble. So one finally did. That was uh, cue the Benny Hill music, basically. Evan Ingram had two drops. One of them was almost an interception. Phillip Rivers fell down. It was sad. And, uh, oh, let me No, it was one of the highlights of the day. <laughs> it was joyous. And you watch it over and over and over, and it's just, it's so much fun. Phillip Rivers about falling down and trying to tackle someone? Yeah, it was no good. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he's 75 years old and he, he couldn't get back up. He stumbled around and fell down and looked silly. It was fun. Keith, it's how I would picture Adam trying to make a tackle if Adam (laughs) were put into an NFL game. Okay, so I'm just going to, we got to move on, but I just want to say this and get your thoughts. I think after watching a lot of that game, the Ravens, Colts, I think Phillip Rivers is the worst starting quarterback in football who is not an injury replacement for a different starting quarterback. So, you know, not, right. not a Jaguar. Began the year as the starter for their team. Not Garrett Gilbert uh, or whatever. He is yeah, the worst I, starting quarterback in football. So do you think you know more than NFL coaches collectively? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just think, like, if, Dave, if we did a poll of all NFL head coaches and said you, for this year only, not for the future, but for this year only... You have to start your either Philip Rivers or Daniel Jones rest of year. Who do you think is winning that poll amongst NFL head coaches? I can tell you who will win it amongst NFL GMs. Just I, I truly, honest to God, believe that it's Daniel Jones. I don't think Philip Rivers can make passes that quarterbacks need to make. He he was so bad today; it was hard to watch. But he was coming off like two very good games. Two statistically right? very good games, sh- sure. And he was he was facing the Ravens today. He's had as bad of a season as as you know he's had. And I, fine, I think Daniel the entire Jones Colts the bottom. team. He's toward the bottom. The entire too. Colts team was terrible today. Like I'm, this is not a defense of Daniel Jones. I don't know why you even had to bring him in this. I think Phil well, because Rivers, he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. It's not an injury backup. Uh, That's why he he might be. I think he's better than the Washington guys. That might be the worst. But Rivers is right up there. Okay, let's move on to Believe It or Not. Brought to you by Heath Cummings. By the way, Heath, you you have to separate your feelings about Daniel Jones from your feelings about me because right. you want him to be that bad, but it clouds your judgment. So don't take it out on don't take it out on Daniel Jones. The nice thing don't is take it out on Daniel Jones. My judgment of Daniel Jones is irrelevant because he's not a, someone that people need to worry about for fantasy purposes. So I could be one hundred percent wrong about him, and it won't affect anyone. I guess that's true. All right, believe it or not, Mark Andrews is no longer a must-start tight end. Three catches for twenty-two yards on five targets. And that is in his last three games, 21, 32, and 22 yards. Believe it or not, Mark Andrews is no longer a must-start tight end. I think you have to believe this. Um, Like, Marquise Brown was the one that got upset after their most recent game, but Andrews just as easily could. He has not reached 60 yards receiving in a game yet this season. Six of his eight games, he has three or fewer catches. Now... This does not mean you have to sit Mark Andrews. Of the tight end or bust tight ends, he's the top dog. But if someone emerges as a top 10 tight end that we're excited about, I, I'm i not going to hesitate to say, like I've been 
basically in the projections, just Mark Andrews comes out as tight end 10 or tight end 12. And I bump him up to tight end six because he was good last year. Um, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. So Irv Smith had two touchdowns today. It was his only two catches of the game. Who do you like better? Because he, um, I, be no, I definitely, definitely Andrews. Irv Smith didn't just emerge. He had a two touchdown game when he only caught two passes. That was a flugy lucky game, in my opinion. Sure. But we um, kill for something like that from Mark Andrews. But I think, I really think I'd probably rather have Hayden Hurst. I'd rather uh, in have PCR league. Yeah, well, sure. And I in the PCR league, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, the fan thing, like, fans really not doing that much. That's the problem. Well, he missed. A good you know what fans doing? Game today. Well, yeah, he did. But even, but since, even since coming the first into this two weeks week, of the, of the year, he hasn't done that much. He's barely been used downfield. Like I, I spent some time watching him, and then I wrote him up for for the story that I write late in the week on CBSports.com. He's he's a, he's a lot like how Evan Ingram was used earlier this year. A lot of short area throws, and Drew Locke likes looking deep. Now he'd have a couple of deep routes, and occasionally would get a target. But I just you saw Okunebunam getting more end zone targets than Fant. He got yeah, hurt, by I, the way. He, I don't like this makes, game. He, he was hurt, and so I wouldn't make too much. That's of it, fine. But, but even coming into this game, he wasn't exactly doing great things. And now yeah. neither is Mark Andrews, and this is a problem. And so coming into this week, this was the Joe Boo week for Jonu Smith, just bringing in another tight end that fantasy managers were upset about. And he came through for a touchdown. And now fantasy managers aren't going to be upset about Johnu for another week or two. I don't know about but that. He had two targets. Are... Fantasy managers are, are smarter than that. Johnu Smith had two targets in this Maybe. game. They feel like they got lucky. Yeah. Okay, well, fine. But but they might not feel the problem is, is that okay, you don't you don't want to call Mark Andrews a must start anymore. I agree. I believe it. But what do you do about it? Who are you going to find off the waiver wire that's definitely going to be better than Mark Andrews? The answer is yeah. no one. Unless you you just you find somebody and you start him and you strike gold with him the same way that people who started Jonu Smith for the fourth week in a row when he didn't do anything for you in the first three weeks struck gold today because he had two catches and a touchdown. All right, I'll tell I, you who I, you I, find. I, I got lucky and I started Irv Smith in the Kings Classic, one of the Kings Classic leagues I'm in. Fifteen points for me today. Total lucky move. I didn't. I needed one of my, my third flex to be right. somebody, and Irv Smith was on my bench. So I said, okay, I'll so, start him. And So are you saying Mark Andrews luck. is a must-start tight end? I think he's a must-start tight end if you don't have anybody better and you drafted him to be good. And I don't think it's anything that he's necessarily doing. Like this, It all comes back. Look, no, it's that we he, have problems he with Brown. We have problems with everybody else in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson completed 19 of 23 passes. No one on the Ravens had even 50 yards. So he's spreading it around and he's not attacking downfield. And Mark Andrews used to be the guy that would hog a lot of those targets, and now he's not. Not a must-start tight end. But okay. I don't know right. what you do to fix that. But I thought you, like, you disagreed with us for like five minutes there, and now like, I agree. No, 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 I said all along that I believe that he wasn't a must-start tight end. Okay. I'm going to tell you something here about the tight end. First of all, the guy I'd be looking to pick up is Austin Hooper. I'm not saying you drop Mark Andrews, but he's 40% mm-hmm. rostered, and he's coming on, and now Beckham's out. So anyway... Um, there are there were only two tight ends that were started in ninety percent of leagues or more. I think there were only two tight ends that were started in more than eighty percent of leagues, and they were Kelsey and and Waller. You could make an argument that those are the only two must start tight ends in fantasy. And I think what you're seeing is a lot of fantasy managers have two tight ends, and they try to play the matchups. You don't really worry about matchups with Mark Andrews. It's not like he can't beat a ba- a bad matchup, but you know maybe you try to guess 
the amount of pass attempts, something like that. I don't know. But it seems like there are two must-start tight ends, and then we can be debating the rest of them for the rest of the season. All right, let's pick it up here. Cole Beasley is droppable, believe it or not. Yeah, and this kind of sucks in with what they want to Dave's winners because the, the full one for the article is John Brown is back and Cole Beasley is droppable. And Brown looked like himself today, and Beasley got three targets. And he has only topped 60 yards once in the six games that John Brown has played. He's a desperation flex. You're hoping he scores a touchdown, but this is the Stephon Diggs and John Brown show. Yeah, usually when when there's a game like this and Josh Allen has a bunch of yards and it's a bunch of points, Cole Beasley's involved. So if you had told me that Josh Allen's going to attempt 38 passes and have over 400 yards, I would have been psyched to start Cole Beasley. I had him ranked as a top 24 receiver in PPR. Mm-hmm. And John Brown, the only thing I disagree with you, Heath, is that th- there was that one big play that set up a touchdown for the Bills where it looked like John Brown was laboring a little bit when he was running. But you can't argue with 11 targets and eight catches, and it's another game. We haven't seen this in like a month, but another game where John Brown helped Josh Allen have just right. a monster stat line. Yep, and it was Seattle. Let's keep that in mind. All right, so you guys believe it? Cole Beasley's droppable? Yep. Easily in non-and-half PPR. A little bit harder in full PPR, but there's always receivers on the waiver wire. I just don't even know when Diggs and Brown are healthy if he's better in full PPR. I think you're just hoping for a touchdown. I don't think he'll get enough targets to catch a lot of passes. Could be true. They got Arizona on the road next week and then a bye. DJ Chark is a top 25 wide receiver again, believe it or not. DJ Chark, top 25 again. I don't quite believe it, and I think most people will. So this, I guess what I'm saying is this could be a sell-high situation. It could also be that this was the beginning of something great with DJ Chark and Jake Luton. I just think like if he's a boom or bust number three wide receiver, this type of game is not out of character at all. And we've seen him have three or four of these types of games over the last season and a half. And then we also see him go through stretches where he has 40 yards for a couple of weeks. What we need to see, and there was a problem with Gardner Minshew and DJ Chark. I don't know exactly what it was. Minshew's numbers were much better when throwing to Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chenault over the last month. And Chark was very frustrated and openly critical of Gardner Minshew. So this in itself could be better. Um, but I don't think this one game from Jake Luton or this one game from DJ Chark really tell us very much so far, other than what we already knew. DJ Chark has big time upside and probably still doesn't have very much floor, but we'll see. What I remember seeing with Jake Luton when he was playing at Oregon State was that he had a preference for taller receivers. Isaiah Hodgkins was his guy there. And he, it's funny, he wore number 17, just like Chark does. And he's just a tall, you know, big dude and Chark isn't necessarily like, you know, buff, but he's tall and he's fast. And Luton just came out popping with the 73 yard touchdown that accounted for half of Chark's yards. He had 12 targets. I don't think it's too far off to say that he could be a top 25 receiver rest of season. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's that's why it was like a hard sell. I have to break in with some uh, with some breaking news, Adam. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers recorded a first down. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> All right. Justin Jefferson is a problem for Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson is a problem I mean, for Adam Thielen, believe it or not. The truth is that Mike Zimmer is a problem for Adam Thielen, but we knew that coming into the year. We thought that Thielen would overcome it because he'd get a 30% target share because Stefan Diggs wasn't there. And Stephon Diggs is kind of there. 
And this was the fourth straight game for Thielen with five targets or fewer. Since Jefferson emerged in week three, Thielen is averaging seven targets per game. Jefferson's right behind him at 6.3. I think there will probably be a couple more games where he gets double-digit targets. But despite the fact that the Vikings defense is not as good as they had hoped it would be or as good as it has been, they are still doing everything they can to throw the ball as little as possible. And that means that Thielen's probably getting seven or eight targets. That makes him a 50 to 60 yard per game guy, which makes him a number two wide receiver. I am taking a call back here to before the season when I compared how Thielen did when the Minnesota run game was on fire versus when they weren't doing well. And there were only five games where he had 15 or more points out of 20 where a Minnesota running back also had 15 plus in PPR. But when the Minnesota running back, and remember it was Dalvin Cook and before that it was Latavius Murray. Whenever a Minnesota running back did not have 15 PPR points, he had 15 PPR points himself in eight of 12 games. So I, I, I'm just thinking that if Minnesota is able to just crush opponents by running it with Dalvin Cook, it's not going to leave a lot for the receivers. That It's just not a prolific enough offense where Thielen gets his, Jefferson gets his, and Dalvin Cook goes bananas. Okay, so that's believe it. I, I don't. Is, you guys believe it? Justin Jefferson is a problem for Adam Thielen. No, Dalvin Cook is the problem. Okay, there, there's a there's an Adam Thielen problem. So let's do some rest of seasons then. Uh, first of all, Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson? I'm gonna still say Thielen. I am too, but I think it's very very close. Adam Thielen or Juju Smith Schuster? Let's do it, Juju. Yep. Really? Uh, boy, wow. What a reversal from two weeks ago, huh? Uh, Adam Thielen or Chase Claypool? Thielen. Yeah, I'm going to say Thielen, too. Okay. And let's You know think- what I was thinking about when, when, when you said that was Jefferson or Claypool. But Claypool just had a game with a ton of targets again. He doesn't I, get that I, every... I think we need to do like a segment on Wednesday. <clears throat> like ranking the rookies at running back and wide receiver rest of season. Okay. We could do because a rookie draft. It's fascinating and difficult. Who's the top rookie running back? Probably James Robinson. Yeah. Clyde. Jeez, what's with you, Clyde? Get the ball, Clyde. Clyde, he must have... Uh, Kent Schrager, can you get the uh, snap counts for the Chiefs guys? Because We've Cl- got it. Clyde edwards Zeller was on the field at the goal line. He was... I bet he outsnapped by Bell by a big I think 25 snaps the, for uh, CH. That's it. CH had 25 snaps. Le'Veon had 19. Daryl had 18. And I believe there were several plays where two or more of them were on the field at the same time. 25? That's it? Daryl Williams had 18 snaps. They didn't have Williams the ball. It was a competitive played, game. Williams played 13 out of 14 third downs. Wow. wow. That's so gross. Um, well, they didn't have the ball so much in that gross. game, but still, that is that is not good, and that is disappointing. Let's look at the top five is, each position. Believe it or not, is Le'Veon Bell droppable? Yes. I would like to hold him. I'd rather hold him than Cole Beasley. You absolutely positively cannot start him. The only no. reason, the only way you would start him is if something happens to Edwards Elaire. Yeah, he's a handcuff. He's okay. A black hole on your bench. To the top five, to the leaderboard here at each position, Kyler Murray is number one. How do you not go for it on fourth and one instead of kicking a 49-yard field goal, I think? What a a terrible decision by Cliff Kingsbury. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know if Cliff is such a great coach <sighs> when you consider some things, including that. Josh Allen, number two, at 41 fantasy points. Mahomes, 38. This is six point per passing touchdown leagues. Aaron Rodgers, 36. And then how about these two? Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, just in front of Ben Roethlisberger. If you take out Aaron Rodgers, you're looking at Murray, Allen, Mahomes, and then a big gap. And then how Drew, many did Drew Locke have? 32, 32. fantasy points. 48 okay, so passes. Three oh, total touchdowns. We'll he see ran if for 47 if, uh, yards. Uh, Breeze passes them by halftime or by the time we finish this podcast. <laughs> Uh, I guess something's going on in that game. Okay. So, yeah, well, anyway, uh, let's talk about Josh Allen. Was it because he played the Seahawks? Like, what are we supposed to make of this? He's coming off four games in a row with less than 20 fantasy points, and he goes for 41 fantasy points against the Seahawks. If you're asking me, I think he finally figured out how to beat deep cover defenses because he'd seen a lot of defenses playing not just cover two, but cover three, cover six, kind of daring them to run the football. And last week, that's what they did. And this week, Pete, Pete Carroll even said it. We were surprised at how much they threw. And it was a lot of throws to the sideline and, and in the middle of the field. There weren't a lot of deep shots per se. But at the same time, they did have a cover three beater on the first touchdown to Isaiah McKenzie, which was pretty sweet. And uh, Allen just, he was under pressure a little bit too in the game. There was a lot of everything, but the one thing that he wasn't was inaccurate. So Maybe what do you think? I mean, are you throw. buying in? I just got to let's get that. Are you buying in or was it just the Seahawks? I think we could say it was just the Seahawks. I but buy it was, it was still t- encouraging. He's a top six quarterback. What do you guys think about um, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater? Um, that I would say that Drew Locke was mostly I think I think Teddy Bridgewater is a low end starter. And having McCaffrey back and the emergence of Curtis Samuel only makes things better for him. I think Locke was mostly just the Falcons. Yeah, and, and Bridgewater he, he did it. terrible for the first... It was almost a repeat of last week with Locke, where it was terrible for the first half, and then yeah. once he finally started to get going late, almost when it was too late, he was on fire. So he's great against prevent defense, which is super. <laughs> Bridgewater ended up throwing 49 times, which certainly helps. All right, let's look at the uh, the top running backs here as I get this list up. Let me see if I can think before it populates. Oh, that's pretty quick. Dalvin Cook is probably going to yeah, be on this Dalvin list. Dalvin Cook, I was going to say. 206 rushing yards, 46 receiving yards, and two touchdowns on the day. McCaffrey is two. James Robinson, we should talk about him. 25 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Kalen Balaj is RB4. It really was not a great day for running backs. How about Dalvin Cook scored 10 fewer fantasy points this week than last week? Holy cow. But how about, the, like, in a, in a non-PPR league, there are two running backs currently going into Sunday Night Football that scored more than 15 fantasy points, and that it would probably extend to PPR more than 15 or 16 fantasy points. I mean, that's weird. And it's Cook and McCaffrey, Robinson, Kalen Balaj, Devontae Booker, Jarek McKinnon, Wayne Gallman, Josh Jacobs... Todd Gurley. I mean, these guys are all around 50, 60 to 50 to 70 yards or so in a touchdown. Not a ton in the passing game. Um, so it's something I was thinking about, like this yeah. highlights something I was thinking about the other day. Like as far as the running backs go, it was a great year for zero RB. It's just too bad. All the elite wide receivers got hurt. <laughs> mm. um, and not mm. all of them did. And some of them are like now, I think if you have Devonte Adams and, and Tyree kill, you're feeling pretty good about it. 
But it just seems like this at most weeks, we've got a couple of the elite running backs that are just absolutely incredible. And then we've got two or three guys that either weren't drafted or weren't even being started two weeks ago that have a a gigantic game. Weren't even being started two weeks ago. People forgot about Kalen Balazs and Devontae Booker. I guarantee you there were people who see Kalen Balazs' stat line and they go, he's still in the league? No. He's on the Chargers? In fairness oh, to Kalen Balaj, he has been memed all season long because Adam Gase tried to trade for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, <True. laughs> well, let me ask you about James Robinson because, yeah, it was a really encouraging day. 25 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown. On the other hand, he was very involved in the passing game with uh, with Gardner Minshew. Minshew. He had two targets. He did not catch either of them. And Chris Thompson actually kind of got back in the mix. So does that make you a little concerned at all? A little bit. Let's see. Let's see if that continues. How, how do you how do you take him off the field if if you're trailing big in Jacksonville? If Jake Luton starts the rest of the games, then I think you'll see fewer targets go to the running backs in the short area targets than you did when Gardner Minshew was the quarterback. So yeah, I, that'd be a slight downgrade for him. Who's the running back? Who's the waiver wire running back that has the audacity? to outperform Clyde Edwards Elair. That would be Doll Man. Okay, oh wide receivers. <laughs> wide receivers. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, we have people come up with some funny lines like for the superhero Gall Man. Who's like who's the guy that asks you if asks your what is it? Asks your wife if she's pregnant. Oh, Gall Man. Okay. Anyway, wide receivers. Richie. I James swear to God, the podcast one. is going to be better. Please don't. Please don't turn it off. Thank you. Richie James is number one right now. Devontae Adams is number two. So that was uh, Thursday night. And Tyreek Hill, DJ Chark, Christian Kirk. He's a winner, big time. Jerry yep. Judy and Curtis Samuel. Look at those three. All right. So Tyreek Hill, DJ Chark. We already talked about Chark. Great to see. Uh, the targets for Tyreek Hill, by the way, he had 18 of them. But Christian Kirk, 123 yards and a touchdown. Jerry Judy, 125 yards and a touchdown. Curtis Samuel, 105 yards and a touchdown. Um, how would you rank those three rest of season, Kirk, Judy, and Samuel? You just did. Yeah, I think so. Like, I've been skeptical of Kirk because the targets really hadn't been there before this week. But this, I like, he was one of my winners. I would sit still. I think there's more upside for Judy rest of season than Kirk. I'd probably go Judy, Judy, Kirk, very, very close to each other. And then Samuel a little bit behind them. Okay. Uh, that'll kind of cut it for a uh, wide receiver. I guess we're going to look at, going to have some waiver wiring there between Judy and Samuel in particular. Uh, Terry McLaurin was next up on the list, by the way. And DK Metcalf with another game with at least 90 yards. That's all but one game this year. Tight ends, your top tight ends this week. Travis Kelsey was ridiculous this week. 10 catches, 159 yards on 12 targets. Irv Smith, two catches, 10 yards on and two touchdowns on four targets. But keep in mind, again, very low pass volume in this game. Jimmy Graham, six catches for 55 yards and a touchdown against Tennessee. Evan Ingram, I think he has nine or ten targets in three straight games. And this time he had five catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. And then you had Hawkinson behind him and Jonu Smith and Darren Waller. Eric Ebron made a great play, too. <sighs> um, Heath, what stands out? Kelsey, Irv Smith, Graham, Ingram, Hawkinson, Jonu? Yeah, um, 
like I, we talked about the John O thing. It was he and Irv Smith. If you started them, that's fantastic, and you should be celebrating and feel good about it because that's what it's all about when you're streaming the touchdown or bust tight end when they hit the touchdown. Um, but I don't, I don't think they're going to be must start guys. I, it's getting harder and harder to do anything but start Jimmy Graham. Nine out of the top ten tight ends as of this recording scored a touchdown. Two of the ten had over fifty yards receiving. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of hard to not start Evan Ingram. Sure, but right? it, it's different in PPR because at least with Ingram, there's volume. With Hayden Hurst, there's volume. Those guys, we've we've seen it enough where they're getting four plus catches a game. And so they get those catches and they get some decent yardage, and you can feel confident starting them. I think you can throw Hawkinson on that list so long as Galladay is out. You guys have some winners and losers. Um, and yeah, I want to go, go back and just give, because he, he wasn't on the top five, but you didn't say his name, but you had said there were two must-start tight ends. I guess, okay, go ahead. Oh, you're I, talking I about Hawkinson? must-start. Hawkinson, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. He was not started in more than 80% of leagues, but I don't see how anyone sits TJ Hawkinson at this point. But, you know, you look, the targets are up without Kenny Galladay there. So, I mean, is this an opportunity to sell TJ Hawkinson? I think so. I just think Marvin Jones may be done. Um, and so I, I'm not sure that TJ Hawkinson's the one that's going to lose when Galladay comes back. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, winners and losers. We've talked about a lot of the winners. John Brown, DJ Char, Christian Kirk. But the losers, well, we Marvin Jones, Corey Davis was a dud. Jonathan Taylor fumbled. He had five carries when he fumbled. He had one carry the rest of the game. Um, Hunter Henry, 33 yards on seven targets. We will talk about winners and losers when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Time for winners and losers from Dave and Heath. Dave's, I, we can pretty much skip the winners. Dave's winners are John Brown and DJ Chark. But I'll ask you this, Dave. John Brown, 65% rostered. How would you compare him to Christian Kirk, Curtis Samuel, Jerry Judy? I would put him behind Kirk and Judy in PPR. Non-PPR, maybe. No, nah, I'd probably rather have Judy just to speculate on him. Kirk's ahead of them all. Okay. And then Heath, your winners, Christian Kirk and Chase Claypool. Anything to add there? 
I just that, you know, Claypool, it went through a couple of weeks there where it looked like he needed Deontay Johnson to be out. He actually led the Steelers with 13 targets in this game. Um, I'm not as concerned about Chase Claypool and, and like Johnson made a nice play after the catch in this game, but it still looks like Claypool is going to be the more efficient option. He had but eight catches you, for 69 yeah, yards. Are you worried about that? Because that wasn't a very good. He also had two bad drops in this game. He was, tar- but like, he didn't, they didn't connect on the downfield targets, but he also saw more downfield targets. So I still think he's going to be used in that role more than the other guys are. That was a strange game. The fact that, that it, it really came down was. to that. I, I was unaware of this whole Steelers are bad every year when they're huge road favorites against a crappy team. Uh, but I guess this is like a big Mike Tomlin thing. Just, just have these letdown games. Um, the losers. Marvin Jones and Corey Davis for Heath. So Marvin Jones, 86% roster. The thing is, He's scoring when Kenny Galladay is not there. He scores a lot. So you know what? Can we really drop him, or you just what do you do? Eighty six percent roster. Yeah, I mean, I you can hold on to him if you want to, um, but I don't think he's the same guy that he was. And you've kind of been bailed out whenever you have used him with the touchdowns. I don't know that we're going to get a big yardage game. What would you do? I mean, would you drop him for like Duke Johnson or I would drop him for Jerry Judy. You were talking about him on the waiver wire. Yeah. What about for Tim Patrick who had nine targets and caught a touchdown? I would rather have Tim Patrick than Marvin Jones. Okay. Corey Davis, three targets, uh, no catches. His previous two games, he had 10 targets in each of them. Was this just a matchup thing against the Bears or, or what for Corey Davis? I don't know for sure. But it was discouraging, and it's going to be tough to trust him next week. Next Could it have been a Tannehill thing? Because Tannehill was really not good. This was, was an old school. passing. Yeah, this was an old school Titans, Tannehill Titans game. This was a throwback to last year, right? I mean, yeah. 21 passes. Now, the, the touchdown to A.J. Brown was unbelievable. And I, I'm thrilled that John, who got involved on one drive, thanks for that. But getting three targets, not what we were expecting from Corey Davis. But that's also uh, kind of a reminder of what Corey Davis was in 2019. Yeah, I where guess so. We, we would say, okay, let's give him a shot. He had a couple of good games, and then it was terrible. Let me see the time of possession in that game. Yeah, Tennessee had the ball for 26 minutes and six seconds. Chicago, almost 34 minutes. Nick Foles. 34 excruciating minutes. I'll bet. Nick Foles threw 52 passes. He throws, look at, these are his pass attempts in six starts. 42, 42, 39, 40, 41, 52. And he came through with 25 fantasy points today. So that's Nick Foles. Congratulations if you started Nick Foles. Pete did in a DFS tournament. Oh. I started him in uh, to QB League. I want to tell you guys, by the way, we had an episode of Fantasy Football Today in 5 with Jacob Gibbs. You heard his stats last week. If you didn't hear what he said, uh, one of his stats was Kirk Cousins against man defense. He shreds man defense. And the Lions play, I believe it was the second most man coverage right. in the NFL behind the Patriots, Matt Patricia. And Cousins, did he have a massive game? He barely threw the ball. I think he had like 25 points on 20 pass attempts. So it was a really cool nugget. Would have really helped you in DFS. And we're going to have a bonus. It's a Saturday episode every week we're going to have with Jacob Gibbs where he's going to give you some stats. One of them didn't really pan out. Chase Chase Edmonds, he expected a huge game from Edmonds. You didn't really get that. 
Um, the other one was about Derek Carr, who just didn't really throw enough. But I thought it was really interesting and something to keep an eye on for Kirk Cousins going forward. What type of coverage does he face? Sorry for the detour there. Hmm. The other losers were for Dave, Jonathan Taylor, and Hunter Henry. Oh, boy, Dave. Jonathan Taylor. Let's start with him. He looked great on his first run, and he got gifted a goal line carry. And otherwise, he was really, really, really a lot like he was last week. Well, you just talked about a third of his touches. Yeah, he, he fumbled and he got benched. The, he, he the fumble one, is really what did ca- him in, obviously, because he had, right. So what do you think he, going forward? Like, what do you like? Is Jordan Wilkins the starting running back there? My guess is that the Colts will come around and they'll they'll give Jonathan Taylor half of the rushing workload and Wilkins will get the other half until Taylor can prove that he can hold on to the football. And that was an issue with him coming out of Wisconsin. And uh, and he can be effective. Like he's still like the first carry of the game was an edge run. Okay, it looked like he was, you know, wired in, knew where to run, knew how the play was supposed to go. It might have been the only play, other than the goal line dive, that uh, he he seemed to know where he was going and what he was doing and holding on to the football or not. It was frustrating. He's he's not what we thought he was. Okay, would you rather have DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor? Swift. I don't know why it sounded like Scooby Doo saying that, but, or Shaggy. No, you Any were, were Scooby. I, I did. I did a little Shaggy for you there. Thanks. It wasn't me. So. Yeah, that was a different Shaggy. That was a, another joke. Some people, sometimes they're like three people who get my jokes each week and they send me I got that one. Okay, that was good. a good one. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Hunter Henry. Now, he's 93% rostered, 71% started. His yards in his last five games, 39, 23, 23, 33, 33 for Hunter right. Henry. He's going to get you six or seven PPR points. Great. Do we drop him for Austin Hooper or Dallas Goddard, or do we want to see what's going on with Mike Williams? Would that have a big impact? What do you t- what do you think, Dave? Well, in the one game that Mike Williams didn't play this season, he had four targets, two catches, and 39 yards without a touchdown. And, I mean, Justin Herbert's been starting the majority of these games, and Hunter Henry has not been doing a lot with it. Remember, one of the, there are two big appeals with Justin Herbert. Number one, he is throwing to Keenan Allen like crazy. And number two, he will take about four or five deep shots a game. Yeah, it's fun. And <laughs> yeah, fun. and it's fun because he's connecting on them. Yeah. And they're not going to Hunter Henry. They're going to other guys who you're not starting on your fantasy. So what do you team. think? You dropping him for Hooper or Goddard? Yes, I'm dropping him for Hooper or Goddard. Can and I, I'd rather drop him than Mark Andrews. Can I give you a fun fact that I just discovered? Yeah. Each of the past three weeks, well, let's see. There was a bye week in there, so it's not exactly three weeks. Each of their past three games, Hunter Henry has more catches, more yards, and more fantasy points than Mark Andrews. Mm. And in those three games, he has 23, 33, and 33 yards. Wow. (laughs) And yet, yet, Heath, if you had to pick one, are you going to stand by Henry because he's been better, or are you going to still say Andrews? Um, I don't like, I'm not saying for sure that I'm going to rank Andrews higher next week. If I had Andrews and Henry, it's, it, it's going to be, they're going to be ranked in a very similar position. Um, it's like, I don't disagree with the fact that it's been really discouraging for Hunter Henry, but like I could pretty easily spin it that Hunter Henry has at least seven targets 
in six of eight games. And Mark Andrews has seven targets in two games. Henry at Miami next week. And uh, the Ravens are taking on the Patriots at Foxborough. I'm probably going to have Henry projected higher than Mark Andrews next week. The, the, the Patriots don't scare me. I mean, like I said, they, they are giving up the most passing yards per attempt in the NFL. That's, that is an unbelievable number. Uh, I want to talk before we get into the games. Just want to make sure we don't miss anyone. <laughs> How about the mega duds? <laughs> well, look, I don't want to spend. I don't want to go another twenty minutes before we talk about Clyde Edwards-Helaire, for example. Okay, Clyde Edwards-Helaire was terrible. DJ Moore was terrible. Um, I think it's time to drop Darius Slayton. He's going to get Darius Slay next week, and then he's got to buy. I just he was he's invisible. Um, but are there any players that really stunk up the joint that? Are concerning to you? Uh, DJ Moore is super, super concerning, and I don't know. Like the thing was, it was really weird two weeks ago, and it was a bad weather game, and Teddy didn't have a good game, but he just basically didn't throw to DJ Moore until the last drive, and then DJ Moore looked like a superstar on two or three plays, and then the game was over. Yeah, and I kind of thought, well, that was weird, but that won't happen again. And it was even worse this week. They didn't even get the superstar time at the end of the game. Um, Curtis Samuel looked legitimately good and Robbie Anderson remains the number one wide receiver. And now McCaffrey's going to probably get more targets than Mike Davis did. And they're still throwing to Mike Davis five times. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried about DJ Moore. They're making use of everybody they have, which is a staple of what Joe Brady does. But in fairness, they, they're, they're not because they're not making use of DJ Moore. Well, they did. Well, not this game this week. Yeah. What what about right, Clyde there were several weeks to begin the year where they didn't do boo with Curtis Samuel. What about Clyde Edwards Elair, guys? Where are you on, on him? Um, feel good I, <laughs> I mean, we got bailed out by the touchdown catch today. It was I, nice I to see him at the you look line. at him as a number two running back, but eight touches isn't gonna cut it. No, and it's eight or nine has, touches has he even three had, straight games. Has he has has he had 12 touches since Le'Veon's come No, I just down? said eight or nine touches, three straight oh, okay. games. I didn't hear that. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, th- eight or nine. It's crazy. Three straight games. It's. I want to say it's going to turn around eventually, but Chiefs have Mahomes. Reed loves letting him throw. They needed him today. They've got to. They've got to bring back some balance to their offense. I mean, it was pretty ridiculous. They had nine handoffs to their running backs, one to Tyreek Hill. And then Mahomes took off twice. Those might have been kneel downs, or one of them might have been a kneel down. I'm not sure. But Mahomes threw it 45 times. I don't blame Andy Reid for it at all. But someone's got to tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, big guy, we got to try and run the ball a little bit more. I have this theory, this joking theory. I won't tell anyone, but except for all of you. Andy Reid is sick of all this Russell Wilson hype. And he's like, hey, my guy's going to win MVP, like it or not. And uh, I, he's just letting it fly. I think it could also be um, like this goes back to when my youngest son started to learn football through Madden. <laughs> and he just couldn't understand why people run the ball. <laughs> and you look at the Chiefs and they get eight yards per play when they pass the ball and four yards per play when they run the ball. So why do would we run the ball? It's a good question. 
I just saw the score, the halftime score of the Buck Saints game. Wow. <laughs> 31 to nothing. What just like we all predicted. Maybe not even that close. All right, so let's get into the games then. Houston 27 and Jacksonville 25. All right, so we already used the DJ Chark, believe it or not. So let's talk about Duke Johnson. 16 carries, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Four catches, 32 yards. David Johnson uh, only had two touches in this game, and he left with a concussion. They are at Cleveland, then New England, then at Detroit. If we know, we won't know, but if we did know on Tuesday that David Johnson was going to miss Week 10, is Duke Johnson a a break-the-bank kind of guy? I think he'll be viewed as such. I don't I don't only like the the matchup against Detroit as a well Duke Johnson could be really good here but it's any running back that's going to get you 15 touches that you can get off the waiver wire is going to be appealing would I break the bank for him if I needed a running back I think I would I'd rather me- break it for him than Kalen Go ahead Heath If you told me David Johnson was out Duke Johnson would be a top 15 running back next week Okay. Is there um, any doubt you just start Willer, Willer and <laughs> Willer and Willer Brooks? Willer and Brooks. Brander. <laughs> and Brooks. Willer and Brooks. There you go. We start them every week, right? Okay. Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chris Conley. Seven catches, 52 yards on eight targets. Quick thoughts. Another big receiver that Jake Luton is throwing to. I think LaVisca got hurt early in this game. Yes, yes. Um, but Keelan Cole didn't, and he had one catch. Disappeared. Keelan Cole had one catch on two targets, and another big guy, Tyler Eifert, four catches, forty-eight yards. Maybe there's something and another to one. It. Uh, Colin Johnson had a couple of targets. Mm. Okay, Atlanta thirty-four and Denver twenty-seven. A little bit of a lopsided time of possession here. Atlanta had the ball for thirty-three minutes, 20, 27 seconds. Denver for twenty-six and a half minutes, basically. Big games from Drew Locke and uh, Matt Ryan. You got to believe it or not for this one, Heath? Um, believe it or not, Drew Locke is a um, borderline startable fantasy quarterback. At Las Vegas, that's not a bad matchup next week. Nope. No, it's not. And uh, he's he's finding a way to put up those numbers. It's ugly early, but he gets it done by the end of the game. Yeah, it's too scary for me, but I'm not going to believe it, I guess, but here's the here's the encouraging thing. Pass attempts last three games, 40, 41, 48. Passing yards last three games, 254, 248, which is solid, and 313 today. But uh, I don't know, Heath. I'm going to say no. What about you? Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I believe it when he's playing the Falcons. Yeah. What about the Raiders? I think the Raiders are considerably better defensively than the Falcons. Oh, by the way, remember my little rant about RBBC? Like, forget it with these two, with Lindsey and Gordon. How can you trust them? How that, you dude, them? Atlanta's run defense has gotten better over yeah. now it's four games. Yeah, oh, it is. It, for sure. We've been saying that. That's that's true. But still, I mean, they're not going to get... They, they don't catch the ball that much. Sometimes Gordon, almost never Lindsey. They're not going to get more than like 12 carries, it seems. The thing is, Adam, you're not going to have that luxury. Oh, we no, I had to, to start, I had to start over. Him. Yeah, you're gonna have like we're gonna have to start running backs every single week that might get six carries. Oh, I hope not. No, not the no. winning team. And one of them is named Clyde Edwards-Helaire. You know who my favorite? Well, you're one? gonna start him over these guys every week. And Jonathan you? Taylor, who I think had six today. 
you know the the running back who might get six carries that I like is JD McKissick, dude. He's he's this is yeah. the, this is what four out of five games with at least forty receiving yards and yeah he kept yeah. that role through the bye week that's good Man. and he he crushed it in snaps McKissick played forty five snaps Barber wow. only had, or Gibson rather at twenty five Peyton Barber played one snap what was that wrestling fans will know okay minnesota 34 detroit 20 what do we got i already did a believe it or not for this game oh which one was it damn it was the one with the vikings players oh sure sure (laughs) okay Believe it or not, for the Lions. Okay, they look, b- believe it or not, DeAndre Swift is going to be a league winner next the last eight weeks of the year. No. Too strong. Don't believe it. I, I don't think a Matt startable Patricia fantasy running back, though. League winner. But at least here's a running back that got 16 touches. Mm-hmm. And it's a Lions running back at that. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost want to send a pack of pencils and maybe some moving boxes to Matt Patricia to celebrate this <laughs> pack of pencils. That's good. All right. I think that's it. He's going to need the Heath, moving box. Heath, what do you think? You want to revisit Dalvin cook versus Derrick Henry? Um, in non PPR. Yeah, sure. In any, I'd still take Derrick Henry. Yeah, for sure. I'll take that. One. I, wait, I mean, let me ask, do I get credit for the last two weeks points with Dalvin cook or just what he does moving forward? Just going forward. Okay. Yeah. I'll still take I thought, I thought you were taking Henry over cook in any format. Last week, am I wrong? Am I, I think I took him over in half PPR for sure. Henry. Um, well, yes, then, Henry then this should this PPR. should really be a half PPR discussion. For sure, yeah. Like Dalvin Cook, Chicago, is, Dallas, Carolina, Jacksonville. Next four games. I, I know. Dalvin well, Cook. yeah, Chicago's not great, but no, but those next three after. Who cares? And then Tampa Bay, Chicago, and and the Saints in Week 16. He's insane. All right, moving on. Giants 23, Washington 20. Yeah, um, I know it was that it was that riveting of a game. It well, yeah, believe it or it not, no one cares. Game. It was 20 to three Giants at one point, and WFT mm. got back into it. You know what? Just with Alex, Smith. congratulations, Alex Smith, on throwing a touchdown pass. That was awesome. He threw for 300 yards. That's great. I don't think he was particularly he good. Wow. I didn't even realize that 325 yards. Mm-hmm. No, I mean he he didn't throw the ball downfield. He the Giants gave him a lot everything underneath. He took advantage of it. it. I I don't love it for Terry McLaurin. I, I'm not saying it's definitely not. It's not necessarily bad for Terry McLaurin, but I really don't see how it's good for Terry McLaurin because he's just he's so conservative. And uh, I mean he's so not all, all all the big plays happen. Kyle Allen had 62 yards passing. Yeah, but you saw the McLaurin big play, right? I did. Yeah. Um, Cam Sims had a couple though, right? Cam Sims did, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Just well, what do you think? I mean, buy or sell. Alex Smith is bad news for Terry McLaurin. I would sell that. I don't think Kyle Allen's good, and so maybe the targets are a little closer to the line of scrimmage. But we saw Alex Smith throw downfield plenty when he was comfortable in Kansas City in the last two years he was there. Um, it won't be like that because he doesn't have those types of weapons. But I don't think it's bad for Terry. I don't think it's necessarily good for him. But I think it's just Terry McLaurin's a a starting wide receiver who you start. 
Smith hit a deep throw of 32 yards to Sims. Another one, 45 yards. That was the longest one for Sims on the day. Um, the 33-yarder that Sims had from Smith was actually a short pass that Sims took in as a catch and run. And then it, they, they, they're they calling it a, a deep left throw to McLaurin. I guess that's because the ball traveled 15-plus yards in the air, which it did. And McLaurin made a great play. Do I think he can do that every week? It is Terry McLaurin. I think it's possible. I would love to try and sell high on him still. No, really. But I'm not. Give, I'm not going to give him up for nothing. I, well, I don't even what you, what you could get. Like, if wh- there is a team, let's say I've got Terry McLaurin, and after this week I'm four and five, and I can't afford to lose anymore, and I need some starters, and there might be a team in the league that's eight and one, and they're trying to collect a bunch of superstars for their squad. Maybe they don't want to make lineup decisions late in the year, so they'll trade their depth for studs, and they'll look at McLaurin as one of those studs. So if I can get a good running back and a good wide receiver for Terry McLaurin to boost my lineup and give me a chance to sneak into the playoffs in my league, I'm doing it. I think I offered Terry McLaurin for Ezekiel Elliott earlier this week and it got turned down. And I'm not sure I'd offer it now. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah, Zeke we should probably talk about. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, Real quick to wrap up this game. Do you agree with me that Darius Slayton is droppable? I'd rather not, but you can. What would be the circumstance where you would feel good starting Darius Slayton? I well, my main reasoning is that you're not you're probably not starting him against the Eagles because Slay did a good job against him two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and then he's got a bye. After that, Cincinnati, Seattle, Arizona. That's why you would hang on to him. The matchups are really good after the Giants bye, but like Sterling Shepard is getting six Sterling Shepard's had six catches every healthy game he's had. Exactly six. It's, when he comes back from the bye, there will be one week where there's other teams on a bye, and you can call Slayton a bye week replacement. So I think you've got to look at him as okay, is he someone that is in the mix for a flex spot or a wide receiver two spot or wide receiver three spot on my fantasy team? And if he if my receiving core is just not that great and he's on my squad, I don't think I want to let him go, especially for those matchups after the bye. Okay, next game, Buffalo 44, Seattle 34. We had a, believe it or not, on dropping Cole Beasley. So I will go with a Seahawks, believe it or not. Oh, gosh. Believe it or not, Tyler Lockett is... uh, I mean, there's really nothing I can say here, but I'll just... You can say no. Believe it or not, Tyler Lockett is not a must-start wide receiver. He has less than 50 yards in four of his last five games. I do not believe it. Too much upside to to uh, put on your bench. It is pretty frustrating, though, isn't it? Yes, yeah, because when stretch. you look at his, when you look at his PPR stats for the year, he's averaging twenty point nine per game. But in weeks one through three, he was a monster, <laughs> and then he had an even bigger smash game in week seven, and yeah. everything since then, or in between, you know, week four through week nine, save for the big game, has been single digit points in PPR. DJ Dallas and Travis Homer had the same amount of touches. Nine touches. If you started DJ Dallas, you got a little lucky with the touchdown there. Seven. For the second week in a row. Yeah, seven carries. He did look better, though. I'm, I must admit, I thought he looked better this week than last week. And that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Gabriel Davis, I think he's going to end up being a pretty good player. I agree. Yeah, I think I'd be happy if I had him in a dynasty league. I am. Tennessee 24 and Chicago 7. Did we have anything from this game, Heath? Not yet, right? 
Uh, yeah, the David Montgomery one. He plays for the Bears. Oh, I didn't read that one. So you didn't do that. I Believe it or that. not, David Montgomery is a flex or best rest of season. Flex at, at best. best. It, assuming he plays, obviously, next week. We don't know what the extent of the injury. Well, I said rest of season. I don't think he's out for the year. He shouldn't be. Dave, what do you think? David Montgomery is a flex at best, believe it or not. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can come up with 24 running backs week in and week out that are definitively better than David Montgomery. But I think I can probably name you 20 or 21. So I don't believe it, but I think we're getting really close there where just because he's getting a lot of touches doesn't mean he's a very good fantasy running back. I do think, um, like, and I've been the guy not as worried about his inefficiency. So take this with a grain of salt. He'd shown a pretty good PPR floor before this week, 11 or 12 points without touchdowns. And when he scored, he was better. Um, and the offensive line this week, as they're going to have a bad offensive line all year, it won't be as bad as it was this week. They believe, I believe they had their third string center who had never played center and two of their starters were active for this game. So they get the Vikings next week and maybe David Montgomery is not okay. Maybe the offensive line is still a mess. Then they have a buy. Then it's Packers, Lions, Texans, Vikings, Jacksonville. Yeah, I know, but I just I, feel like we've been saying that about him for a while. Well, but he's not been like, this was a very bad game. He's been a number two running back for most of the year in PPR. In PPR. Yeah, look, there's something to be said for 11, 12 PPR fantasy points, and that's typically where he's been at. I think there's also, like, I think it's important to when guys have not scored any touchdowns to say if you're scoring 11 or 12 fantasy points without touchdowns, that's that's pretty good because he's probably going to score a couple touchdowns in the second half. I'll tell you what worries me. Let's say he misses week 10. Bears are going to have Ryan Nall and Artavis Pierce and Cordero Patterson and maybe even Lamar Miller, who's not the same Lamar Miller that he once was. But they've got four guys auditioning for playing time whenever Montgomery does come back. And Patterson, I, I don't know if he had a lot of playing time, but every time I clicked in to watch this game, Patterson was on the field doing something. He only so, played 17 snaps, I think. Okay. Then I, I want to say that that's a lot for him, but I, I can't. I'm not on top of Cordero Patterson's snap rate. I'm very sorry. No, I, I but, sometimes that happens. Like I thought Clyde Edwards Elair played like a ton of snaps because every time the game came on, he was in there. And the point he, is he didn't. the the Bears need something on offense and something from the run game. And I don't think Montgomery's really given him much of anything this year. And a lot of it's the offensive line. I really believe that. But facts are facts. His numbers are terrible. Bears are desperate for a win. They'll they'll do anything to get that run game going. Well, except for go back to Mitchell Trubisky. Um, well, he's hurt. He's hurt now anyway. That's true. Um, I do think like coming into this, it depends on what numbers you look at with Montgomery as well. If you're YPC for life, then he might be the worst running back in the NFL. I also think he led the league in broken tackles coming into this week. When some people think that's representative of being good. Yeah, I mean, I I think this is one of those teams that was allowing a lot of backfield congestion. I'll see if I can find that stat. So it might have just been like broken t- tackles, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, and he doesn't have much of a chance. Maybe we don't, just don't really know how good David Montgomery is, but I don't know. I, I'm trying to find ways to evaluate running backs, and yards per carry is useful for fantasy. 
because you're not sitting here trying to make a, a judgment about how good a guy is all the time. It's just you're trying to make a judgment about how efficient he is. So yards per carry really matters for fantasy. But one thing I look at a lot is big plays. You know, the, the best of the best can make a lot of big plays, and he can't. Rarely. He did last week against the Saints. And you know who else can't ever? Ezekiel Elliott. The guy never makes big plays anymore. So, I, you know, I don't know what that means. I'm just giving numbers. You all can make your decisions. Kansas City 33, Carolina 31. Uh, we, ha- we had one here, right? Or no. Well, we talked about DJ Moore. Yeah, we talked yeah. about Bridgewater. We talked about a lot of players in this game. We talked about Clyde. I'm happy uh, moving on, I guess. Any interest in Demarcus Robinson? 69 yards or a touchdown in three of his last four games. Not really. No. Sammy Watkins? But I am interested in Curtis Samuel if he's going to keep getting a lot of targets. Mm-hmm. How about, how about Today Sammy Today was Watkins, the season Dave? high. Nine targets for him. But he had 11 combined in the two games prior. And he gets a little bit of work in the ground game as well. Okay, then I think we can go to our, our next game, which is... He's scored in three straight. Which is what? Which is what? Which is Baltimore 24 and Indianapolis 10. All right, Lamar Jackson has now through... Have they played nine games or eight games? They've played eight games. Eight games. He has three games with 28 to 33 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. That's really good. Five games with 15 to 19 fantasy points. He, I just, what is it? It's just a touchdown rate? I, I know he's not rushing quite as much, but he's still on pace for like 950 rushing yards. So is it just the passing touchdown rate? He does, Heath, is that what's keeping Lamar Jackson down? Um, No, it doesn't look like his passing touchdown rate is actually that bad. So he are passing yards? Really? I, th- I think he's on pace. He was on pace for like 3,000 passing yards. So I know that was an well, issue. Well, like his touchdown rate for this year, I believe coming into this was there. Yeah, I don't. Coming into the day, it was 6.3%, which would, if that was his career rate, would be an all time high. Last year, it was 9%, and we knew that wasn't sustainable. Um, yeah, I think the yards are down and. I think Attempts. maybe the rushing touchdown rate is down. Yeah, that, from I'm where probably. it was last year. I just don't get it. I mean, how does this guy, how does Lamar Jackson have three games with more than 20 fantasy points? It's it, while he's on pace for 950-ish rushing yards. That is wild. I, I mean, do you are you still just starting him pretty much? I, I think you still start him because of the rushing upside. But this was his first game in his last four where he completed more than 60% of his passes. And they were, there were a lot of short passes and he didn't throw a lot of them. 23. That's it. That's his lowest in four games. He's, he's, he's also just, only thrown more than 28 once all year. I, I feel like he has, he's regressed a little bit as a passer, but the offense has regressed a lot in terms of creating these explosive plays. Yeah. And the one thing that I think would make a hell of a lot of sense would be start creating ways for Mark Andrews to get back involved. Start finding plays and ways to take out other players in the offense. I wonder if what's happening is defenses are focusing on taking Andrews away from Lamar Jackson and then seeing what happens. It's something I can look into. Well, where, where is, I wonder if that's part of the problem. Where's uh, our concern level for 
Hollywood Brown. Because I was uh, I was pretty. You excited. talked me into Brown this week. Yeah, I was pretty excited. The Colts had been really struggling against wide receivers, and maybe if Lamar Jackson had thrown more than twenty three passes, we would have had a good game. But Brown gets three catches. Like getting five targets on twenty three pass attempts is actually not that bad. Three right. catches for thirty eight yards is disappointing, but. I'm sorry. I think I just I might just have to stop with the whole Marquise Brown is going to have a big second half. Marquise Brown is a buy low. I just can't do it. I I don't have fa- I don't have faith in the Ravens passing game. And like he had to, we knew when he came out, he had to kind of be a mold breaker. Yeah. Number one wide receivers are not as small as him, um, weight wise. And he he's had some games, but he kind of looks like that. Um, gadget fluke, big game guy, and not a true number one alpha wide receiver. Let's talk about the Chargers and the Raiders. Las Vegas 31, Chargers 26. Chargers had the ball for 34 minutes and 44 seconds. Vegas for 25 minutes and 16 seconds. Uh, is there anything to say about Josh Jacobs? You just you start him? He's, again, he's just not having a great season. He's splitting more than we would like for him to, and I don't think he was 100% healthy, and Devontae Booker had some had a little pep in his step early in this game. He did, yeah. and that helped set the tone because the Raiders realized, especially on that Booker touchdown run that he had, that they can start to work the outer edges against the Chargers. And they ran a ton of power run plays where their guards were pulling to the, to the edges and both Jacobs and Booker were having success there. So, and and Jalen Richard was playing a lot on passing downs. So, not exactly the type of scenario that we feel good about with with Josh Jacobs. But 14 carries is nice. You get that catch on top of it for 15 touches. I feel like that's the minimum we should expect from Jacobs from game to game. I, mm-hmm. I wish it were more, but I think the Raiders are kind of realizing we don't have to lean so heavily on this kid, especially if he's not at 100%. And I think they like what they've gotten, Devontae Booker, which makes me kind of want to puke, but that's how they feel about it. And Nelson Aguilar caught a touchdown, but he only had three targets. And Derek Carr only threw 23 it's passes. Awesome throw. Yeah. The Carr's throw to Aguilar was awesome. Uh, it's time to drop Henry Ruggs, right? I don't know when you'll start him and feel good about just it. Just say yes. I mean, come on. Like, just I'd like. I'd rather if I'm starting a bye week replacement at wide receiver. It's not going to be him. It's going to be Aguilar. He's 65 percent rostered. I, I just don't understand. He never gets any targets. Uh, Aguilar. Well, he's just a first round. He's a first round rookie that people are hoping in the second half is going to make a big impact. So, would you hang on to him? I think I'd rather hold him than Slayton. I'd definitely rather hold him than Beasley. Okay. I'm a thousand percent holding both those guys ahead of Rugs. Oh, okay. Would you pick up Nelson Aguilar or um, uh, Curtis Samuel? Sammy. Samuel. Another big game for Justin Herbert. It's 27 or more fantasy points in five straight games in six point per passing touchdown leagues. Justin Jackson got hurt. We'll check on that. Kalen Bellage got the touches. And uh, yeah, that's. And look good. You know what, though? Yeah. But let's, uh, like Mike Williams. This is now two good games in a row. I hope he's healthy, but I, it just makes sense. If Justin Herbert's going to throw for 300 yards every week and he's going to throw the ball downfield, it just makes sense that Mike Williams is going to start start playing better. So uh, 73% started, 93% rostered. Miami 34, Arizona 31. Tua with a decent game. 
He was 20 of 28, 248 and 2, 24 fantasy points and uh, 7 carries for 35 yards. Really nothing from the run game, although Jordan Howard scored a touchdown. And Salvin Ahmed led the team in rushing with 7 carries for 38 yards. Any takeaways here for the Dolphins, Heath? And it kind of stinks because Preston Williams looked really good in the first half and then got hurt again. Yep. Um, I don't know that the connection between Tua and Devontae Parker is quite there. Well, uh, he caught six of seven targets. They just weren't big time down the field throws. I think the connection has a chance, especially if, if Preston's going to miss a few games. Was uh, Patrick Peterson on him? Patrick Peterson was on Preston Williams when he made one of his big plays, but he was probably on him for most of the game because Preston Williams left. Yeah. And I, they seem to cover DeAndre Hopkins pretty well in this game. I saw Xavier Howard on him quite they didn't a bit. They to him well, until the second half. I think Howard had four penalties on Hopkins. Just <laughs> grabbing him. Like it was, mm. I'm just not going to let you catch any passes today. I'm going to commit a, a penalty every time. Yeah, just a weird game for Hopkins, who had three catches for 30 yards. And Christian Kirk has now 20 or more PPR fantasy points in three straight games. Kyler Murray is unstoppable. Absolutely unbelievable. And another uh, shootout. Two, next two games are Buffalo and Seattle. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be glorious. Pittsburgh, 24. Dallas, 19. Just a, just kind of a weird day for the Steelers. James Conner, nine carries for 22 yards. I mean, you brush it off. But, Dave, uh, what do you think about the... Uh, I'll give you the Steelers wide receivers, and then, Heath, you give me the Cowboys wide receivers. I came into this week feeling best about Juju and he had the fewest targets in the game, but he had the nice uh, 31 yard touchdown catch from Roethlisberger. I thought it was weird that the Steelers didn't run it more. Roethlisberger was a little beat up, went into the locker room early in the first half with the knee injury and came through in the second half and played through it. And uh, I'm just wondering if the targets were a byproduct of who was open and Roethlisberger looking for him. Uh, he told you about the Deontay Johnson big catch. It was a catch and run for like 40 yards. Outside of that, it wasn't a particularly great day for him. So I, I still, I, even though Juju was third on, in targets among the three receivers, I still like him the best. And I like Claypool second best. Okay. And he uh, that was encouraging for the Cowboys wide receivers that um, they won't have a quarterback as bad as Ben DiNucci. <laughs> Hopefully Andy Dalton comes back, but it makes me feel a little better about Lamb, a little better about Cooper. They're uh, they're probably number three wide receivers. Um, and I did go find uh, Cameron Wolf covers uh, the Dolphins for ESPN. Um, is Davian Howard's four PI penalties today were the most by a player in a single game in 20 years. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so don't don't fret too much about DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> And uh, it's Zeke. Let's end the show. We're ending the show with Zeke. Rest of season, would you rather have Ezekiel Elliott or Clyde Edwards-Eler? Zeke. Oh, I don't know. I, it, I, might I, take, I, it might take Clyde three games to get 20 touches. It might yeah, take but I don't Zeke get points for the to touches. Score. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's not scoring. The catches haven't been there. Tony Pollard's been more effective running the football. Uh, I'm not feeling good about Ezekiel Elliott. And he's going into a And bye. you know what? I, I so want to say that I want to give the Chiefs credit that they'll see that Le'Veon Bell isn't who they thought he was. I think maybe they realized that when they started giving Daryl Williams more third down work. I'll take Edwards Zillair rest of season over Zeke. 
Okay. Zeke. I kind of can't believe I'm saying that. 18 carries for 51 did. yards for Zeke. Hey, hey, I mean, lo- this long of was 10. the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. The Steelers were gashed by the Ravens last week. On the road for the second week in a row. And Zeke was hurt, but Pollard had more so yards. Think the Steelers' defense is good anymore? No, I'm, I'm saying that they were... This was an exploitable spot for the Cowboys' run game, I and it worked out for one of the Cowboys' running backs. And it wasn't Ezekiel Elliott. Gilbert at quarterback against the Steelers, and he 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 was halfway decent. I'm not well, questioning look, the Steelers' pass rush. The problem that I'm seeing is that Zeke is much, much, much less involved in the passing game than he used to be. He had two catches on three targets today, and that's that was a huge part of his success. So, can't really bank on it. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, good show. We will talk to you all tomorrow um, with a special episode with Ben Schrager and, and Chris Towers. And Fantasy Football Today in 5. Make sure you're listening to that one. For Dave and Heath, I'm Adam. Have a good one, everybody. Boop, 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 boop,